I want to thank you all so much for being here. This is week seven of Mindset Mastery Class with your professor, me, Laura Catella. And today we're doing an open Q&A. So I will ask people to hopefully unmute so that we could hear your beautiful voice and share any questions you have. But before we do that, it might be helpful if I recap what we've done for the past six weeks. It might spark your curiosity or it might remind you of a question you have. And I want to address what Whitney said in the chat. Yes, me in a pattern. You don't see that every day. It's a, it's a goofy pig print. I was looking for something red to be festive today on Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day again, everyone. So I'm going to recap one more time what we did for the past six weeks, and then we will open up the floor to questions from all of you incredible human beings. Week one, we uncovered some potential mindset blind spots that we have via a quiz that I would like to actually build out the tech of and turn that into a full-on website where people could come take the quiz and then get some personalized action steps depending on what their unique and beautiful mindset blind spots might be. The second week, we dove into tactical ways to become more confident, not airy-fairy, rah-rah, yeah, you got this. That's all well and good. It's not to dismiss that. But it's to remind everybody that confidence is a byproduct of doing the things that you want to and are meant to do. We don't necessarily pursue confidence for its own sake. We don't try to get it for its own sake. We realize that it comes to us when we do things that are slightly beyond our comfort zone and we gradualize ourselves into confidence one step at a time. In the third week, we talked about how to stop procrastinating no matter what. One of my favorite classes so far. You don't procrastinate on breathing, do you? <laughs> Does your heart procrastinate on beating? No. So are we really procrastinators? You know, we might not be. And can we redeploy procrastination and procrastinate on feeling unworthy? Can we procrastinate on feeling unready? And can we procrastinate on procrastination itself? Week four, we talked about how to feel worthy no matter what. We talked about the fact that you are born lucky. The most unlikely thing in life is life. One times 10 to the 268 millionth power. Just very, very, very unlikely to be alive. And yet here we are, alive. How cool is that? And on the fifth week, we talked about empowered communication. Another one of my favorites, real lines, really opening prompts, real phrases we could use to communicate what we want, what we need, what we desire, what we're asking for, even to communicate our own limitations, our non-negotiables, our boundaries, some power phrases to guide you into that. And last week, we talked about dealing with rejection, crickets, and hate, RCH. You drop an I in RCH. What do you get? Rich. What a lovely coincidence. So the way we deal with rejection, crickets, and hate plays a huge role in the success of our businesses because it is not about avoiding rejection, crickets, or hate, is it? They're all requirements, in fact. So with proper strategies and how we deal and move through them, the more powerful we become. So those are the things we've done. And in our Facebook group, for anybody who's not in there, I highly encourage you to join. It's free, of course. And we go through six word updates at the end of every class, which is a distillation of points, things you're going to think about, things you're going to chew on, loops you're going to leave open, a question you may have, or a new mantra you might have developed for yourself. So that's a little bit of what we do when we hang out here every single Tuesday. I will also remind you guys, you are here on a Tuesday to consider your mindset. You are not 
average, average people do not really do that. So I want to commend you. It's a worthwhile mission. Ralph Waldo Emerson said something to the effect of, work on yourself. It's all you have in the end, isn't it? You and yourself. All right. I, my opening ramble, ramble I use with love, not in a pejorative way to myself. Opening ramble has gone on long enough. I would in, like to invite anybody who has got a question. It could be about mindset, messaging, copywriting, building your business. If you're encountering a block or a challenge, let's hear it for the group. A useful way to do this might be in your Zoom window. There's a little button that says reactions. You can open that up and you'll see the raise hand. I said, don't bamboozle me, but you can. Hit me with your hairiest question and perhaps we'll discuss it as a group. Mary, my love. Hi, my love. Um, so it's a mindset thing. It's a, or it's a mindset question. It's about like, how do you protect your own energy from not just what's happening in here, but what is coming at you. Um, and I'll give you an example when it's especially difficult is when you're hearing things from mentors or coaches or people who do have your best interests at heart, but they're like spewing a lot of negativity at you. <laughs> um, you know, I'm finding myself like repeating a lot of things that other people are saying to me. And it's not even stuff that I had previously thought or believed, but now I'm like, it's working its way into my beliefs because it's what I'm hearing. So I don't know if you've experienced that or if you have a way to, you know, protect yourself from that external stuff, especially, like I said, when it's not necessarily something that you can just turn off, you know? And you, when you think about this, you feel or you realize this is negative. Do I have that right? Um, I, yes, because it starts to like tailspin, you know? Can you talk a little bit more about what the tailspin looks like? Um, I guess it's almost like, maybe I guess it is bringing up my own deeper fears. Um, but it's stuff that I hadn't thought of, you know, like I was doing okay with, <laughs> but now that I'm hearing it from other places external to me, I'm like, oh, wait, maybe I, maybe I was wrong about that. And they're right. Cause they're successful or in the place where I want to be or grow. And they're the mentor, you know, that kind of thing. It's a little, uh, challenging for me to give you an answer especially without specifics and I don't know if you want to share them but I'll tell you one thing I'm hearing is uh you don't sound sure in what's true so it sounds like you're hearing some other stuff and you're like well maybe that is true but what in my experience, I see is that it goes back to those assumptions and those beliefs. So whatever you deeply believe to be true is what you will find to be true. And what you have here is an opportunity for you to filter everything you're hearing through. Well, what do I want to believe to be true? And what does the most actualized version of Mary think? Because how much does it truly matter what your mentors say to be true? It's about what Mary thinks is true. And sometimes there is some negative stuff. That's a part of life, right? But the question is, do you want to focus on that? And is focusing on that serving you? Or is it sending you into the tailspin? Are, are there things that you're hearing? Like, what would you... What would be a more ideal situation? You just don't hear them or? 
I think it has to do with like pricing, you know? Oh, that's my dog. <laughs> um, you know, and thinking that, like, I never thought that my prices were that outrageous. And then I'm having some mentors tell me that they're like insanely outrageous. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, so then it sends me into this tailspin of all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Have you ever sold product or service at those price points? Yes. So what's the evidence? <laughs> High prices are not going to be for everybody. That's another fact of life. Not everybody is going to be able to or willing to pay the premium price for something. But there'll always be people who are. And there'll always be people in your audience, no matter how small, who are going to be interested in whatever you have, just because it's you and they like you. And so the question becomes with regards to pricing, do you want to focus and deploy your effort and energy on trying to get something that is mass market that everybody will want? Or... Do you want to stick with your premium pricing and the people who are a yes for that? Because you already know they exist. And my general rule is to bias people with more money. Because <laughs> they will pay more. They have, yeah, they have the funds available to pay more. Do you want other people's limitations to become your limitations no i don't no so and you know your other mentors may be all well and good they may have your best interests at heart but at the end of the day they're not you and this is about playing your game and doing things your way and if you've already sold at the higher price point it's a moot issue in my opinion but what we need to do is double down on everything that worked to sell the packages at the higher price point. Mm -hmm. Because as soon as you let that limitation in, it affects your confidence, right? Because if yeah. you're trying to sell something with the belief, well, maybe this is too high. <laughs> So-and-so said it's too high. Your prospect's going to feel that. Remember, when you charge, whatever you charge, and especially if it is higher ticket, your client saying yes is part of them stepping up. They're stepping up and saying, I'm worth this investment. They're stepping up and saying, I don't have those limitations, right? Or I am shedding those limitations. They're taking it more seriously. That's why when people make a large investment in themselves, before they even begin to consume the material, before they begin working with you, they feel different because they have said yes. And so there's a lot of factors at play, but perhaps the most important one is you reminding yourself that Hey, I know I can do this. It's already been done. And I'm just going to look back at the data and continue to reinforce what I did when I believed it. <laughs> right? Because it was working for you. You were able to do it, even if it was just a couple times. When you believed you could do it, look, you did it. And then self-doubt creeps in. And of course, it's harder to do. Is that helpful? So very helpful. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad. Good. I'm glad. Thank you. Yeah. We don't want to take on the limitations that other people see because that's what they see. And again, even if their intentions are really good and they're trying to help you, it doesn't matter because they're imparting a limitation onto you. And we're not about limitations here. You've already done the thing. 
Might it be a little bit different if you've never sold one of those packages? Maybe. But even then, I wouldn't say it's a price issue. It would be a positioning and messaging. And we've talked about this before. That's just something we keep retooling until we get there. It doesn't mean that you are wrong and the offer is wrong and it's never going to work. Marketing is constantly refining the message. That's what marketing is. So we just have to do more of the marketing stuff, refining the message. But you already have somewhere in your legacy and in your database of everything you've done, you have the things that have worked. So let's go back there, cherry pick those and do it. Do more of those. And, and make sure it, it uh, finds its way to those people for whom it works, who want it. And I'm here to continue to support in that mission. Thank you for that question, Mary. I think it is a really, really good one. Everybody, and so I want to make it a, a universal talking point for the group. Modeling is useful, right? Look at what other people have done who are doing the thing and model after them. But it's also helpful to remember everybody has limiting beliefs. Everybody has their fears and their concerns. So when you model somebody else, you're going to be modeling some of their limitations inherently. So just be aware of that. So there's always opportunity for you to do something totally unrealistic, totally unreasonable. If you decide, I'm not going to model their limitations. I'm not going to take that part. And hearing no is okay. Hearing no is a requirement. So you could even phrase, frame your uh, mentors, criticisms, critiques, objections in that way. Well, okay, they're telling me I can't do it and it's ridiculously priced. Let me go get five people to tell me flat out no. <laughs> Let's go do that. Because then you'll sneakily get a yes. Or you'll at least be working the material more and more and more to get more information, more of that critical marketing data. And that is somebody, any, something that anybody here and anybody who is listening now and into the future is able to do. Test the limitation. All right, I'm going to try to prove this limitation to be true. I want 20 people to say no to me. I want 20 people to look me in the eyes and tell me, no, it's too much. Does that open up a question for anybody else? Carolyn, hello, hello. So I've been thinking a lot about doing a social post that goes against the tide of the conventional wisdom out there that's being touted by a lot of gurus and mentors and people that are probably smarter than me. But I'm seeing this thing, AI, very differently from the way they're seeing it. And I'm deathly afraid to write this post and post it. And yet the inspiration is not going away, is it? No. She's, she's an itch. She's an itch on you. She's saying, Carolyn, scratch me. Yes, definitely. I mean, I keep... <laughs> Like in the back of my mind, it's like, I'll have another idea about it and I'll, you know, I'll be, you know, kind of like writing it in the back of my mind. And then I'm like, well, yes, but it's going to, people are going to come at me and say, you're wrong. And, you know, you don't know what you're talking about and you're just not giving it the right information and all of this other, you know, all of the other objections that I hear in my mind when I talk, think about doing this. Couple thoughts. Let's begin to write it. No matter what, because you can start writing it without sharing it. So we don't have to think 10 steps ahead. Mm -hmm. And then it's awesome that you have awareness of what the objections are gonna be. It shows how smart and how aware of the terrain you are. And so you can decide how many of those objections 
you want to address directly. Because what did you just do? And it's something that fantastic copywriters, it becomes so natural to them. You can even say, now I know what you're thinking. Now I know what you're going to think. Now I know, I know you're going to say you're just not giving it the right prompts. And speak to that. Mm -hmm. And remember that what you share is not meant to be like the Bible, like the end all be all. These are the laws of AI. <laughs> you're, you're sharing a different perspective, a fresh perspective. And fresh perspectives are always welcome. And the potential controversy of it all is all the better. Because if you get that heated debate in your comments section, that's virality right there. That's what we want. So it all sounds to me like the makings of something that could be really great. And the fact that you feel terror <laughs> at the thought of sharing it is all the more indication that it's something that it's got to be shared. <laughs> and that is another thing you could say. Like, look, I have tried <laughs> to tell my brain to stop thinking about this. I have tried. <laughs> and yet it won't. So that must mean it's got to be shared. And just like anything else, if one person has a question, 10 people have it. If you are seeing this pattern or you're seeing some limitations that AI has, which is what it sounds like, which it certainly does have limitations, you are not alone. And you're going to end up being a champion for people who have been like, what am I doing wrong? Because I'm not getting the AI to do the thing everybody says it could do. They're going to be like, oh, thank goodness I'm not alone here. So abundant opportunity, yes, start writing it. We're here for you. I could look at it beforehand if you need that extra push, push when the time comes to actually share it. Thank you. Absolutely. And anybody who would blanketly say you're wrong, that's not right, they're just, they tend to think more simply, which is fine for them. But there's always a, a exceptions and nuance and limitations check the chat carolyn santo start the post carolyn says yes and we all give you permission but i suspect that there'll be a good number of people who thank you thank you for saying that any other questions anybody else needing permission to do something <laughs> who has been kicking around an idea or who has had the itch the bitch of an itch <laughs> of inspiration, but needs permission or some direction or perhaps a micro step. Bobby. Hello, how are you? I'm doing great, thank you, how are you? Good, thanks. So, not sure how to word this properly, but <clears throat> my client is a copywriter and he's launched a fitness offer. And we've been chatting for the past year before he told me he's going to be launching this offer. So late last year or the beginning of this year, we kind of had an informal agreement to partner up, but we never defined what partnering up meant because he's already done 90% of the work. Like he's done the landing page and he's done all the front end stuff and the back end stuff. He initially told me, go find me some clients and I'll pay you 15% of that. And I'm like, okay, how am I supposed to find them clients? Then we agreed upon to um, write some emails. So I wrote five emails for him, but I haven't been compensated for that because we never talked about it. And he's also asked me to do some Facebook ads, but again, there's no talk of compensation. So just kind of trying to figure out because I, like I said, I don't think he's fully aware and I'm not fully aware too. Like what would be the best approach to take to discuss this? That's a great question. And before I dive in, I want to ask you, have you learned any lessons so far? Of course. Like what? Is to structure all this stuff up front first. 
Yeah, the more structure you can get up front, the better. And it may seem tedious, especially for creative types. And it may seem, well, are we putting the cart before the horse, you know, uh, structuring everything and laying out all these contingencies. If X happens, then Y. Uh, but the thinking is, you know, you want to build for scale. You want to be in a position where, hey, we're, we're starting to crank along. We're getting clients coming in. We already know what's going to happen in this instance because we've already laid that out. So take it seriously out of the gate any partnership okay useful i think you guys have got to get on a call and you've got to set the empowered stage and say hey i know when we started we didn't have any of these things in place i want this to be able to grow and therefore let's walk it back to both of our benefits and and put these things in place and get clarity on who has what responsibilities, what compensation structures look like for you. Mm-hmm. And just make it an open and honest conversation. Okay, perfect. Yeah. And what I see like happening here is people tend to think, and I've certainly done this before and thought this like, well, We didn't set it up in the beginning, so now it's screwed. Like, no, (laughs) we can just acknowledge, yeah, I know we didn't set this up in the beginning, but better now than even later, right? (laughs) So let's walk it back and and set things up now. Sounds good. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And if there are any challenges or sticking points during that conversation, you could always say, well, Let's leave that loop open and we both take time to think about it and then we'll revisit it. You know, we'll get on another call in a week or something like that. Perfect. Did anybody else, Jared, did you want to unmute and speak to what you wrote in the chat? Because I think it would help everybody. Yeah, I feel like it's just so, it's so easy to, to be the kind giving, giving, giving person. Um, And I've been in that too. Um, and didn't get paid for work because I was too busy trying to show off and trying to give. And, and maybe it'll turn into paid work at some point. Um, maybe it'll turn into a partnership on some other opportunity at some point. But um, I'm in a much better spot with a client right now where there's a contract, deliverables, budget, everything's everything's tied in. And I feel like, Bobby, I feel like the best thing you do, man, is be like, hey, listen, what's your budget for this work? And when you like ask it right there, it's it's not harmful. It's, it's, it's a, it's a business, you're a business owner and it's, it's hard, Mm -hmm. but uh, it's part of it. Yeah. That's, that's how I feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not personal and it's to everybody's benefit. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody gets clear. Everybody knows what's what. Thank you, Jared. Yeah. Anybody else in a sticky (laughs) spot with a partner or a client? Because these could be really leverageable moments if you just get that permission and maybe that little phrase that would help you open the door to a conversation with a client or a partner or anything like that. Do I see a hand up? Oh, I, that might just be Jared from before. Oh, I just raised my hand. Oh, nice. Let's I got something it. completely different. Yes, bring it. Yeah. So I've been on a full-time retainer with a client now for like a month. I worked part-time for them for three months before that. They liked my work. It's been good. I've gotten a lot of different experience writing different types of copy. And it's just not what I want to be doing long-term. It just feels really gimmicky and very, um, I don't know. It, it's just, it's not a great fit. I think that I'm not a great fit for their products. They launch a new product almost every month. I'm learning so much about, you know, what they like to do for upsells, about their client personas, about you know, the the, in, the intricate product needs that people have and cross-selling. Like I'm, I'm learning so much working with this partner and this client, but it's kind of like tearing out my soul a little bit. Mm. Um, I like getting the reps in and I believe in that. Like I, I fundamentally believe in that. Like you have to get your time in before you could, you know, really 
do different work and figure out what that is. And I know that if I want to go get a new client that's going to replace this work, I need to show the results that I have. So I guess my question is kind of, how long do I put up with the bullshit that I really don't like? Um, And at what point do I start putting myself out there more of, hey, I'm looking to transition out of this. I'm looking for more meaningful work. And I feel like that's something that clients will respond to is when I can show them, hey, you know, I really like your offer. I like what you're doing. Here's what I've been doing over here. But I think I can do it for you because of this experience that I have. So, so that's where I've been. And since I took this offer full time four weeks ago, I have felt this way. Um, and it's been it's it's like good and bad every day, but I can't do it forever. I know I can't. Um, so that's where I'm at. When will you know that you're ready to do it? I don't know. I think there'll be like a breaking point where I'm just like, this shit stinks. I can't do it. Mm, mm. And do you think it makes sense to wait for that? I think it does. I mean, I wrote an upsell for them last night and I had a lot of fun doing that. And that was like different. And they're like, here's what we've done. Here's what you can do. Here's some ways you can riff on it. And I like getting feedback on my copy from them. But then sometimes I'm kind of like, is that really the way you want to go? Is that really what you want to change with what I put together? Um, But that works for them. And so like, I kind of leave it over there. But I think that's where I'm at is like, I will hit that wall and I guess I'm good working until I do hit that wall. <laughs> That's what I'm telling you. Well, can you do a little bit of both at once? Like, can you start to put yourself out there and just see what other opportunities might come your way? Can you say, well, I'm going to reach out to like two other businesses per week that I've been interested in. Just see so that we don't have to come to the place where you're broken? Do you really have to be broken first? That, what, what, waiting until you're broken is like, it's like you throwing your hands up and saying, well, I'm gonna let the, the universe decide and not me. Yeah. I'm gonna throw my hands up and wait till I'm wrecked. And then you're in more of a desperate position to go do something versus stepping into a little bit more power and taking more control, setting the course. Definitely haven't taken control. I think that they've dangled a carrot in front of me of being like, in June, you'll hit six months and that's when you're eligible for bonuses on emails and leads and, and all this good stuff. And like, to me, that's so exciting to, to, to get the ROI based on my work rather than just, you know, like a flat fee or whatever. But I think waiting until I'm broken is not, not the way to go. And and I can put myself out there. I mean, sending two inquiries a week is so easy. That's, you know, mm-hmm. a half hour, 45 minutes of my time a week. I can do that and just yeah. see what happens. And maybe it leads to a one-off project. Maybe it leads to a better relationship. And then, you know, over time I can, I can move away. Yeah. That's good. I would definitely recommend that. And it sounds like there are aspects of this current gig that you like. Do I have that yeah. right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it is fun. It is interesting. And the client, I mean, I had really only written emails before this client, a couple advertorials, a couple other little pieces of copy, but like I wrote it up. So last night I've written landing page copy. I've written like other, other things. And so they're helping me build a portfolio in exchange for pieces of my soul. Um, <laughs> and it's not, it's not going to work forever. Um, Carolyn's cracking up with that one. That was, it was a good one, but it, it is it is really challenging, though, because I'm working with a copy chief and other copy chiefs that are, are giving me good insight on my work. And I think that that has been so valuable in the last six months. But um, those are the pieces that I like. But I also feel like the pieces I don't like are just like mounting. Like every week mm-hmm. there's whether it's just like internal operations issues, uh, other other things like just the, the product or whatever they do. So I, I don't know. It, it is really tough. I did not think I'd be in this position. I was so stoked when I got them. I was so stoked when they offered me full time. And now I sit here every couple of days and I'm like, how long can I keep doing this? <laughs> it's a good challenge. It's definitely a level up challenge to have because now you're not in the position where I need anything. I'll take whatever yeah. comes to me. You're, you've, you got what you wanted. And this is another like lesson for everybody because we're all so good at thinking, well, when I have this, then it'll be great. 
and then you get that and it's really never as great as as we think and that's par for the course and maybe it'll be helpful for everybody to realize that hey i've been saying once i have this thing once i have this thing but it's probably never going to be the be all end all that i think it's going to be we we uh grossly mispredict our the satisfaction we're going to get we think i'm going to be so satisfied when we have it and then we get it and we're like oh no nah, i'm not nearly as satisfied as i thought yeah i, I guess i just want yeah oh go ahead no please i guess i just want that like big win and i've written a, a couple email winners to them already but just like that one like wow, that was awesome. And that's what I can tell new prospective clients about. That was kind of in my mind how I saw myself walking away at some point, but I don't need to wait. No. I'm good enough. I, I can keep going. So Exactly. Exactly. And if there's any way you could modify, and you might not be able to, but if you could shrink the, the soul-breaking parts and amplify the parts that you do like, it might be just a loop worth opening in your head and seeing if there's an opportunity there so that, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't stink so much and you get the, the things that you like more of those because they probably want you to be happy, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 That's good stuff. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure here for it. And definitely keep me in the loop with, with how things go. And one other note to everybody else, there's nothing quite like, like when you don't need it, when you don't need that client, when you don't need that other gig, it's so much easier to get them. <laughs> don't we all experience this to be true? So let's take advantage of that when, you, when you're in that situation. Does anybody else have any questions, stuff that they're, noodling on stuff that has them feel kind of stuck if you've been waking up in the night what runs through your head at that time or does anybody have some copy they would like me to look at we got about 20 minutes ish left it might be a perfect time for me to review a piece if anybody's got something carolyn santo my dear hi there um not copy, but can I make a comment? Yes, absolutely. I think you model a very good way of approaching problems. And for people that don't realize it, you might want to watch the replay and see Laura doesn't just jump in and give an answer, which some people do. But she, number one, you make sure that you understand what the issue is, which a lot of people don't. And the other thing that's good is you try to look at things from almost a contrary point of view, whereas like common knowledge is, oh, well, if people say your prices are too high, do this and this and that. Whereas you go and say, well, let's make the assumption that they're wrong and work backwards. Mm. And I think that's probably why you're so effective. But I've seen you do this over and over and over where you take some time and then you sort of assume what not everyone would even think about and approach it from that way. So I can see why that's why you have this appeal to people because we're tired of hearing the same old stuff. So I just wanted to say that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. That feels wildly good to hear. It means a lot to me. Well, you do it. I think it's unconscious now because you're so consistent with it. <laughs> I think so too. Yes, that's a great, that's a method. <laughs> but, I just um, don't have a ton of patience for, you know, people saying there is only one way and this is the only way. And it's just so not accurate. <laughs> it's not an accurate portrayal of the landscape. And, yeah. you know, you guys usually know the answer. You know, it's not my answer. It's, it's your guys' answer. And sometimes it just takes a question or that little bit of permission or that uh, counterintuitive viewpoint that makes people feel assured in the knowing of their own answer. And yeah. I, I get off on that. that. That makes me happy to facilitate that for people. I think that's great. Um, if no one has a question, can I ask you a, it isn't a marketing, it's more of a sales question. Sure. Um, Bobby knows about this because I've talked to him about this, but I've been put in a position where I'm helping promote a 
translation software. And they're amazing. They already um, do all the subtitles for the NFL. So you can see subtitles in Farsi. They do fast food menus for McDonald's and Chick-fil-A with a QR code. And the thing that's ingenious is they use your device's language. So if I'm in Honolulu, Waikiki, McDonald's, and I click on the QR code and my phone speaks Korean, it will instantly show me that menu in Korean. Mm. So this is more of a sales thing where they do have a program where I signed up as an affiliate. They pay a commission. I can also sign up other affiliates, but it's not your traditional network marketing because they pay very, very little. Like if my affiliate brings in a dollar, I get paid 1%. So it isn't huge. But knowing what you do about all the different groups you're in and all the different networks and all the different ways you've sold things in the past, what do you think is the best way to get the word out as quickly and painlessly as possible? Because hmm. it's a great opportunity. No one knows about this and it's already being used by the NFL. So I don't have right. to worry about like, hey, guys, check this out. It's so amazing. And then have it fail. Um, <laughs> right. I did introduce the founder to one of my contacts who's really big in the trading world. And they're going to do a trial for their online magazine, which I think will be cool. Mm, that is but cool. besides me just going to people I've known and met through business, what do you think would be the best way to get the word out? Well, a few questions that come to mind are which groups of people are the type who would see the immediate need and use case in their business for what they do? And how do you, I would be looking for one to many, right? You know, this doesn't seem like the type of thing you would tell one other individual person to get one download of the software at a time, but rather, you know, where are groups of travelers, you know, business people who travel two to four times a month to other countries like that might be because then you get the whole group and you get their their lives and their livelihood puts them in this situation where, oh, I see the application of this immediately. This would be immediately useful to me. And then it's not a selling of the thing. It's you're just showing them, did you know this cool thing exists that will immediately help you? So I would keep, and, and then your, your brain, you know, will see it. We'll see those opportunities when they start to make themselves clear to you. I already am trying to get them on procurement lists for governments. Like here in Hawaii, you have to register with the state. But the state has airports, hospitals, Department of Human Services. Those are sort of like big elephants that will take time. Mm -hmm. Um, In my real life world, I've already reached out to bankers because they work with businesses and insurance people and tax people. Well, not tax people now because all my tax friends are busy. But when tax season is over, I'll be reaching out to them. Um, I'm going to be reaching out to our local chambers of commerce because we have a Japanese, Chinese, Filipino and Korean. And I'm trying to work with the company where they'll kick in some money. I'll kick in some of my compensation and we'll actually make a donation to like the chamber of commerce and give their member a discount if they come through the chamber, which makes the chamber look less expensive in terms Mm -hmm. of dues, Um, but in terms of marketers, because, you know, that group better, you know, other than Bobby and me chatting because we know each other and I'm like, Bobby, you need to do this. Um, (laughs) Are there any like marketer marketing groups or how would you approach that group? Because they also work with businesses. Right. I mean, the first mode that I might take would be asking the marketing group one if they have interest in something like this, and then two, do they know groups that would be interested in this? Because I thought about language learners, you know, there's so many programs for teaching other languages. Maybe that's a nice intersection of communities of people who would really like to have access to this software. Um, That's how I would start with them. Okay, so now this is the Laura double black diamond question. 
<laughs> in groups where I, I'm not supposed to promote my own self-interest. And yes, if somebody joined or signed up, I do get something from this. How do you do that? Like, I wouldn't go into your group and say, hey, guys, I'm an affiliate and you can do this too. <laughs> so this is the marketing part or the sales part that's sort of tricky. It's a little bit the way that I would do it. You would be towing the line, but and it's a little bit of shoot first, ask forgiveness. But I would just gauge interest. I wouldn't say, here's the link. Here's why this is so awesome. Go get this. Um And I might even, this is the kind of more embedded way to do it. You could ask them about it the same way you've asked me. So that it's the, you're letting them know and you're saying, hey, how, you know, how would would I market this? this? (laughs) Yeah. How how would you promote this? And then you might get some people who are like, oh my God, I have this great network (laughs) of people who would want this. So those are some towing the line ways to do it. But if you're truly... And you really are, right? Like gauging interest and you're yes. not putting the link, you're not telling them to go buy. You should be able to to slip those in. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess I can just count on being maybe put into jail in half my groups, but I'll try to do it. <laughs> they literally, you get like one slap on the wrist. Like in full transparency, I did this in the Copy Campus, Justin Goff's group, <laughs> just the other day. And I got a slap on the wrist for it. So I wrote this whole thing, really, truly gauging interest on advanced copywriting fundamentals, which is a course I want to create. But I I don't know, you know, there's a huge market for the basics, right? And there's a huge market for people who want to learn like the first steps to copywriting and how to get your first client and stuff like that. But when it comes to higher level copy strategy and even the art of putting the words together and closing really high ticket clients you know the market's fairly underserved it's like you got to join a mastermind or you got to get a one-on-one coach for that and so i've had this idea for a while and i wrote a long post (laughs) talking about it in the copy campus group and i was just like drop me a fire emoji if you would be interested in this and i kind of knew i was towing the line and I was like, well, maybe I'll get away with it. Maybe I won't. And then Justin Goff did send me a, a message saying, hey, Laura, you're not, you're not supposed to promote like that. Don't do it. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. But then he forgave me. You know, we just moved on. So. Oh, and by the <laughs> and way, I, didn't I think. didn't get a ton of interest. So I was sort of able to really? acquire the information I needed <laughs> before oh. I got in trouble. So I do think, though, there is a need for that. Because when Copy Accelerator closed, there were people in that middle. Yeah. Where, from what I hear, you know, Genesis is really too beginnerish. Yes. So there is a need. Thank you. Thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> and it is okay to occasionally shoot first and ask for forgiveness. You'll be all right. Great. Thanks. Yeah. We have definitely got time for one or two more questions. And I do love critiquing copy and I know a lot of people get value out of watching me do it. So I'd be happy to do it if somebody has something handy. And if not, also cool. And I'll just remind you guys that next week we're gonna discuss when is it a pivot or when is it shiny object syndrome? How do you know? How do you know? We're gonna go through some rubrics that might be helpful and how do you do your and pursue your multi-passionate interests how do you how do you juggle it all in a way that is effective jared let's see it be fun good way to close us out let me um i'm not going to share the upsell i just wrote the product's not live yet i don't want to get in trouble um let me find something else i got i definitely have stuff definitely this will be fun Oh, I got it. I got a good idea. Yay. Thank you. And thank you for your bravery, Jared. Oh, a lot of folks in here. (laughs) (laughs) All the anonymous. Everyone's like, what is Jared writing about that he's not happy about? That's what everybody wants to know. All right. So we got email one. This is a... (laughs) 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 And so generally... 
I really hammer folks for the formatting in, in a Google Doc, especially when uh, you're applying to gigs. Um, oh, let me re- reload you. Because even if it has a subconscious effect on your prospective client, beautifully formatted stuff just carries a lot of weight. And so by that, I usually mean, and if you look at, if you look at stuff that like me, Stefan, Luke Mills has delivered, uh, cause they'll, they'll occasionally make their Google docs available to see, you know, stuff that clients are pay- paying like 25 grand, $50,000 for it's gorgeously formatted mm-hmm. and there's not one formatting error on that. I'm not saying that like this is poorly formatted, but like this is a, a, a thing, you know, I don't know what all that is like, eh, I would make that more clear. And it might not be as pertinent to shorter form as it is longer form, but for longer form, I'm talking, there's generally only two fonts, generally only two sizes. All the sub headlines are really uniform. They're all the exact same size. They're all the same font. And then the body copy, uh, same font, same size, uniform throughout. The text decoration is done with intention. So lines that, especially for long form, you know, imagine the prospect scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. And I'm thinking like, if I'm a little angel, like on their shoulder, like whispering, you know, you're going to get this amazing outcome. Like, "Eh?" and I want them to see that even subconsciously as they scroll, those are the little lines that I'm putting in in bold or underlined with some text decoration. So I just want to offer that to the group before we jump in. But I like how you did from name, subject line, pre-header so that I know what each of these lines is and yeah i get it um from your thinner waistline 43 pounds less with this oil yeah i mean that's good choose the right one diet oil burn 43 pounds of fat in less than four months how to first name oily weight loss hack live longer and lighter poof one oil and 43 pounds watch them disappear clinical study best way to find fat deposits on your liver take the test yeah, I mean, these are all quite good. Um, I get it. They're hypey. <laughs> but the specificity, 43 pounds, the mystery one type of oil, little CTA, right? Choose the right one. We love a time frame to results. So these are all things that you want to be including. And there, it this does the dance of specificity, with 43 pounds and the mystery, right? Like, what is this, this one oil? Um, you could probably assume Jared, and I, I bet you would agree that, like, this is not going to hit as hard as the more immediate and tangible benefits of losing 43 pounds in four months. Um, one thing I wonder, and we'll find out as I read the body, but is the body going to be... Is it going to pay off all of these subject lines? That's going to be my question because now we're getting into something that's a little bit different, right? With liver health, um, but I assume I assume you're going to take care of that. Let's read it out loud because you don't often hear your work read out loud to you, Jared. Right? So let's do it. A new clinical study found that fat deposits in your liver disappear when you add this type of oil to your food. Turns out cooking with this oil can actually reverse fatty liver disease and help you lose 43 pounds in less than four months. Which oil do you think it is? Avocado, sesame, walnut, hemp seed oil. Just take a guess by clicking on your choice above, or you can click here. This oil will help you lose 43 pounds in under four and a half months signature. Yeah, so I think it's I think it's good. It's straightforward. It does pay off whichever subject line your client decides to go with, or if you're testing them all out, they all get paid out off. A couple things you could do. This final link, those tend to perform better if they're in a larger font. So you could bump up the size on that. You could go the extra mile and grab an image. Images and emails tend to get clicked on the most. If you have a Canva account, uh, it's very easy for you to create an image that has a play button on it if it goes over to a VSL. So you would go into Canva, find a fatty liver thing or fat, the person grabbing the fat, the classic, 
And then you could right within Canva also add a play button, including that on behalf of your, you know, for your client would make them really, really happy. Uh, just seeing if there's any other, I love how this is hyperlinked. So like those action things, putting those in the hyperlink is, is a really clever way to get clicks. Mm -hmm -hmm. I'm just seeing if there's any other leverage point we're missing. If you have the specificity of where the study was, it'll boost the credibility. So that's something you could always add. They're a little like unnecessary just because this is so short and every word counts. You could potentially remove actually, you could remove just, you could say, um, or you could click here and see the answer because it's a little open up like, well, why, why am I clicking there? But straightforward, strong email, solid. Let's see the next one. Obesity vitamin will soon be prescribed by your doctor. Avoid this one mistake most people make. I love how like that tells a little story in and of itself. From Waistline, she gained 23 pounds from this vitamin. Is it in your medicine cabinet? Scary. Yeah, that's good. Warning, vitamins and weight gain don't make this mistake. Permanent liver damage and weight gain from this vitamin. Beware this vitamin and weight gain, this vitamin, weight gain and organ failure. Yikes. There's a little bit of an opportunity here because this is great because this is like, I got to open it and I got to find out if this is in my medicine cabinet. Like it's so personal to me and there's an immediacy, like you could go check your medicine cabinet right now. So I kind of want to see you working the energy of this into the following ones because the following ones there's no you um there's no promise or immediacy of hey you could go figure this out right now you could go see if this is in your medicine cabinet right now so i'm not saying repeat the same line but if you invited like the weight of that into these uh it would make them stronger for the very first one what i initially thought was that this would be a vitamin that helps with obesity, especially given the previous email. So I'm not saying you necessarily have to change that, but it could be an opportunity for you to make it more clear and stronger. Like it might be clearer if you said the vitamin that makes you obese. <laughs> Is it in your cabinet right now? Are you taking it every day? Are you giving it to your, your children? <laughs> you know, Is your husband taking it? What really hits it, like what really brings it home, right? Okay, the obesity vitamin, stop taking this popular vitamin. Oh, that's another facet of it, right? Like, hey, it's popular. You probably have it. You very well might be taking it. It's prevalent. It's everywhere. Every doctor tells you to take it. So there's a lot you could beef up there. Stop taking this popular vitamin if you want to avoid permanent liver damage. I assume that your client knows that y'all's audience cares about liver damage. So I won't go in on that if... This was to just colder folks, you know, they gen generally care more about losing weight than about healing their liver for better or worse. All right. A recent study published in obesity, if that's a magazine or a journal, I would add that word right there just for clarity, found that one in five U.S. adults take at least one medication that causes weight gain. Nice. But there's actually one vitamin that could be making you fat by causing permanent damage to your liver. Could it already be in your medicine cabinet? So opening with studies, um, it's sort of like, who cares? Like, huh? we wanted the you, you know? In, in email, you have the opportunity to say you as much as you want. It's not like Facebook ads where Facebook is not in love with you. So I would try to open it with the you, and then you could link it to the study. Like, you probably have this vitamin that has been shown, you probably have this vitamin that causes obesity right in your medicine cabinet. In fact, a recent study found that one in five US adults, blah, blah. So then you open with the emotional you and the study supports the big emotional you. Uh, the hyperlink, you know, could be, Jared, have you ever taken your Colby? Cause right, you're showing nine quick start energy. He's like, I'm gonna edit it right now and put it in there. Right oh yeah, now. oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah me too I love that um why wait <laughs> why wait <laughs> do it now it's like an itch it gives me an itch might be beefed up by saying uh tap here to see if it's already in your medicine cabinet so it becomes the CTA yeah and then you got the image with the play button on it love it 
throw out this vitamin before you have permanent liver damage. So the one the one overarching thing in this email, I would split it up and make it two emails. One that talks obesity, one that talks liver damage. And I see that liver damage is part of your mechanism of the problem here, right? It's the liver damage that causes the obesity. So that could potentially be a third email that explains that. And you might enjoy that more because at least you're sort of educating the audience on something. <laughs> you know, you've been trained like to believe that it's entirely your diet. It's your activity level that contributes to weight gain or your inability to lose weight. But did you know that if your liver is damaged, it's going to make weight loss so much more challenging for you? So you got an opportunity to teach them something there, which may feel energetically good <laughs> to you. So that opens that up. Another thing you could do, oh, this, ask your client this. Uh, we just brought this up to my Athena group of ladies. Um, who was it? Who did it? Mike Geary? Is that is that who we said it was? But basically, look back through the history of all of the emails your clients has ever sent. If you have access to this, great. If, if you got to ask them, great. And, and ask them, what were the top five best performing subject lines ever? Top five. And there's so much you can end up doing with that information. And what Mike Geary did was he created a lead magnet out of what his number one subject line of all time was. I think it was something like, what bananas do to your body? I don't have it immediately available. And you might not intuitively guess that what bananas do to your body is so juicy, right? Because it doesn't have that big promise. There's no big result. But just in looking back, he was able to see, oh, crap, what bananas do to your body? Like they open that like crazy. And so he went ahead and he made a short PDF report, what bananas do to your body? And they still run that lead magnet on cold traffic for for years now. So, of course, it doesn't just have to inspire lead magnets. It could inspire Facebook ads, future emails, et cetera, et cetera. But I would definitely go to your client and be like, what are our top five subject lines of all time? Just in terms of open rates, um, because then you know what they what they're really, really curious, curious about. All right. Email three. Never before. Levitox is huge discount. We need your help. Save your liver with this delicious fat-burning tree sap. Get up to 73% off today only. Levitox, the real liver king, speeds up fat loss. Quick question, how's your liver? Answer and get a big prize. So this is our, our kind of like discount, really go by, go by. We ordered a lot of our delicious fat-burning tree sap Levitox the other day, and we didn't expect to get our new batch so quickly. That's why we have to make room before our next shipment arrives tomorrow morning. So guess what? You get a discount. I'm just wondering, <laughs> like, are people going to believe it? Uh, you know, Laura, the reason I asked my question earlier is because I don't really believe any of it. <laughs> <laughs> and I know I've got some some captive audience. It's, it's um, I get emails that, you know, high RPM, high click through rate, $2,500 in revenue from one email. And I'm like, that is some crazy shit. But um, mm -hmm. this is what the client wants. Yeah. And you can see my copy chief beats it up and keeps it going over the top. And um, and I'm having fun telling, you know, like AI that make it over the top, make it more dramatic, make it more emotional. Because like it just needs to like, I don't know, pour it on constantly. Um, <laughs> this is what the list responds to is what I'm told right. when I when I don't push the boundary hard enough. It's like you need to keep going. So I I agree with you. But you know, what's the expression? Uh, person with results wins over a person with an argument. And definitely this is what the client says makes money. So this is what I write. Definitely. <laughs> I'm, I'm just running through my brain if there's like they like sales, yes, you know, yes. they like a sale. And what are other reasons we could give them for having a sale? Not to say that this one is bad. But just to give you more dry powder. So we just say and we this opened is not, a This is not the first time you've seen a warehouse uh, too much stock email. <laughs> right. Everyone's nodding their head. Right. <laughs> I wonder if uh, you could get an image 
like of of the bottles on the shelves. Ooh. Yeah, to throw in there. Or like a palette. Yeah, an image of like a, a great big palette. And they then it's another opportunity. Yeah, uh, I wonder I wonder why not. Well, in this style email, they don't usually, but in most emails they do. And then every couple of weeks or months, they're like, oh, we saw some recent emails are performing well with no images. So let's stop. And then they'll be like, these emails look boring. Let's put the images back in. And so it's, we play tug of war. <laughs> yeah. But I think That's the cool. palette idea is really good. I'm going to add that in here. Yeah. And let's say our, our creativity box is open and we're available for other reasons to have a sale in addition to this one because if they like sales we'll we can come up with a ton of reasons to have a sale well i hope that was helpful i mean generally these are these are strong i get why i get why they're not your your favorite thing in the world to write but generally they're really strong and i didn't have much to to beat you up about so you should feel proud you're you're doing good the work is good thank let me you. look at thank you absolutely let me stop sharing and look at the chat Jared, it's killing me. What is the vitamin? I have to go check my medicine cabinet. <laughs> uh, I don't even remember, Carolyn. Oh, no. <laughs> and I only wrote this a week ago, maybe 10 days ago. Okay, I will go Google. Vitamin that causes weight gain. Thank you. <laughs> is it on the... Does it go to like a whatever wherever it goes wherever the link goes is that information there yeah sorry i lost my mute button it's it's buried in the vsl um somewhere really you know <laughs> whitney said bring the answer next week yes i love b vitamins oh b vitamins that's interesting hmm. and we're really hammered to take b vitamins huh that's some interesting opportunity there because i know they bury it in the vsl but it's so counterintuitive. It might make for interesting and for information. If you tried out telling them in one email, it's not gonna, <laughs> it's not gonna kill anything. Because even with like, even with the warehouse, there are opportunities like for you to say, now I know you might be skeptical, but look at the palette, right? Anytime, that's just a great line that you could always include. And it even relates to Carolyn Gretton's thing with her post on AI, like, Anytime you can openly say, I know what you're thinking, or I know what you might be thinking. Now you might be wondering, or I know you might be skeptical. It just creates really powerful, really powerful copy. So then I'm like, oh, they know me. They know me. I trust them. They know me. They understand me. Well, our first ever open Q&A session Thank you guys so much for your bravery with your questions. Thank you, Jared, for sharing some of your work. It's, it's really quite good. And as mentioned, next week, is it shiny object syndrome? Is it a pivot? How do we balance? How do we filter? How do we get to pursue the things we become curious in while still staying on our, our greater course, our greater path, and all of that? I cannot wait. Very, very happy Valentine's Day to all of you beautiful humans. And I really appreciate everybody's contribution. And thank you for supporting each other as well. It's a really beautiful community that we're building. And it wouldn't be a community without each and every one of you. I'll be active in the group. And I will see you guys next week. Yay. Applaud to you guys.